Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of Acts, chapter 24. Here's Pastor Ryan. In Romans 11, Paul would say in verse 25, For I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own opinion, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. There is a blindness, but it's not forever. It's only until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. That is the church. We are in the church age, and when the last person gives their life to Jesus Christ, takes place that is accounted, predestined for them to get saved, they get saved. Last person on, on the book of life list, we are out. We are gone. And the Antichrist will then be revealed. And he is going to establish a one world government, a one world religion. You cannot buy or sell without his mark. The mark of the beast, either on your right hand or on your forehead. And we see with all of these mandates and passport, vaccine passports, come, it's just conditioning. But thank God the Bible says we have not been appointed to wrath. We have not been appointed to wrath. So the rapture can come at any moment and I'll do more of a better job by, his, by God's grace to continue to remind you to be ready. You know, and, uh, and, and hopefully if, if, if we can do that here at Sweet Hills, then when we get to heaven, you know, we can high five each other. But it says, um, you know, Paul says that he does not want us to be ignorant concerning Israel. So we keep an eye on Israel because God is not finished. He's not through with Israel. Uh, in Romans 11, the rhetorical question is asked, is God done with his people? And he asks, answers the question, certainly not. No way. Romans 11, 4, 5, Paul says, But what does the divine response say? I have reserved for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. Even so then, at this present time, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. There were Christian believers at the time of Christ. Paul, Christian, Christian Jewish believers now, and there will be future Christian Jewish believers coming into the faith. But it's going to be a very tough road. And so it's, it, they're heavy on my heart. And I think they should be heavy on all of our hearts for a long time. Because it's it, in, until we go and be with the Lord to really focus on praying for Israel. The Bible says that he will bless those who bless Israel and curse those who curse Israel. The Antichrist, as you know, when he's revealed, he's going to make uh, some sort of treaty to be able to construct the third temple for the Jews in Jerusalem. The second temple was destroyed by General Titus, as you know. Jesus said, as the disciples were showing them the, the, the beautiful stones and buildings in the temple, he says, I assure you, not one stone will be left upon another. And in 70 AD, General, General Titus went in there, the Romans went in there, and they besieged. It was, a, it, was a bloody, it was a bloody war. It was horrific 
how General Titus and the Romans took over Jerusalem and knocked down those buildings. Guys, they say conservatively 600,000 Jews were killed. They, they, there was, it was a fight. I always look at it like, oh, there was a few rebels that were like in the temple who fought, tried to fight off the Romans. No, it was all the, the three walls that were there within the city of Jerusalem. Everyone fought. Everyone fought. It was bloody. The prophecy that, Ju- that Jesus said came true. So the Antichrist is going to go in there once this treaty is made and the religious Jews will be deceived in thinking that he is their Messiah. If you ask religious Jews today why they don't believe Jesus was the Messiah, they'll say because he, he hasn't built us our temple. And if you go to Jerusalem today, there is a museum called the Temple Institute that you can go there where they have all of the utensils and all of the furnishings that they're preparing for the third temple to be built. So their future is a very troubled one but we need to pray for Israel, for Jerusalem because God's going to do an amazing work with them during the great tribulation a whole gang of them are going to come to know Jesus Christ they're going to realize uh, when uh, the Antichrist goes into that new temple and desecrates it they're going to know that they were deceived and that is what jesus said in mark 13 14 19 so when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by daniel the prophet standing where it ought not let the reader understand then let those who are in judea flee to the mountains let him who is on the housetop not go down into the house nor enter to take anything out of his house and let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. And pray that your flight may not be in winter. For in those days there will be tribulation such as has not been since the beginning of the creation which God created until this time, nor ever shall be. So it's going to be tough, you see. But in the book of Revelation, there's some good points to their future. In Revelation chapter 7, verse 4, you see beautiful 144,000 Jewish men. It says, And I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel were sealed. Isn't that beautiful? 144,000 men jewish men from all the tribes they're going to know they're from the you know it lists the tribes in the book of revelation this is israel coming together sealed by the lamb of god who do not take the the uh, mark of the beast who preach can people get saved during the great tribulation those who are left behind absolutely but they're going to be martyred for their faith in jesus christ and we have these wonderful heroes these israelites God's people according to the flesh. Revelation 14, 3, 5, it says, They, the 144,000, they sang, as it were, a new song before the throne, before the four living creatures and the elders. And no one could learn that song except the 144,000 who were redeemed from the earth. 
These are the ones who were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are the ones who follow the Lamb wherever he goes. These were redeemed from among men, being first fruits to God and to the Lamb. And in their mouth was found no deceit, for they are without fault before the throne of God. A troubled future, but also a blessed future. Because many are going to come to know Jesus Christ. And there are many churches today and there are many uh, people today who believe God is just done with Israel. And they don't understand the church's infatuation or love for Israel. The reason why we love Israel is because it's in the Bible to do so. And the reason why they don't is because they don't read their Bibles. I'm a Christian. I read Jesus' book. And I know that's a lot for verse 14. I thought it when I was studying, but I thought it was important because of the days we're living in. My heart is heavy for Israel. It was after the rapture. My goodness. So I worship the God of my fathers, believing in all things which are written in the law and in the prophets. I have hope in God, which they themselves also accept, that there will be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and of the unjust. And so as he's giving his defense to Felix, he's saying, look, look I, have a, I have hope in God. I have hope. In the resurrection of the dead, which they themselves believe. You see, he's involving them. He's witnessing before the Jews. He's witnessing before the high priests. I too worship the God of our fathers. I too believe in the law and the prophets. I, like them, have hope in God and hope of the resurrection. Beautiful how he's using that opportunity to minister to those that are in earshot. They're hearing them. They can't shut them up in front of the governor. This ain't the temple. This ain't Jerusalem. This is Caesarea. And Felix wants to hear this Roman talk about Jesus. And he says, I have hope in God. Verse 15. I love that. I have hope in God, which they themselves also accept. So Paul's declaring this. I, like them, believe in the resurrection. Paul's faith, the reality of who Paul was as a Christian was one that understood, man, when I die, it ain't over. Paul lived that way. Like that, that probably lightens the load of being in chains, being in a dungeon, speaking before pagan governors, being beat down, beat up, persecuted, hard-pressed on every side, yet not destroyed. It, it has to have helped his life in the persecution, knowing that it doesn't end here, it just begins. And I think a lot of us Christians need to be conscious of that more than ever. That it doesn't end here. It begins when we die, actually. <laughs> Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. We can be wise, but God help us not to play it so safe. Wise, but God help us. Help us to continue to take risks when it's in the Lord's will that we take risks. Help us, Father, not to play it safe when, it is, when we are safest in your hands. To be careful, but to, to just do whatever his will says. And for Paul, it was to be right there in chains. But his hope was in the resurrection. Jesus said when Lazarus died and he was going to raise him from the dead and Martha met him. Remember what he said to her in John eleven twenty five. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. 
And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? He asked Martha. Do you believe this? Which is the most important thing that God can ask us, right? Do you believe this? Do you believe that Jesus is the resurrection and the life? Do you believe that he who believes in him, though he die, he shall live? Do we believe today and whoever lives and believes in him shall never die? How do we never die? Christians die all the time. What does he mean by they shall never die? It is it's spiritual death. You see, as Christians, when we die, we don't die. Spiritually, our bodies die. They do, but our spirit just moves on into heaven and into our new heavenly bodies. The Christian does not lose consciousness of God. Our spirit, which are his, is connected to God, one with God. So when a Christian dies, he just gets he, he or she just goes right into their new body. To be out of the body is to be present with the Lord. We get a new body built for heaven. That's what it means we don't die. And Jesus is the only means to this kind of resurrected life that leads to heaven. There is no such thing as purgatory. Jesus is the only means. We choose here and now in this life where we are going to spend eternity. In John 3, 36, Jesus said, He who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe in the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides in him. That's heavy, but that's reality. That's the reality of the gospel, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And the only way to get to heaven is through him. If we do not believe that, then what kind of gospel are we preaching? If everyone goes to heaven, why did Jesus have to die? He died because this is the only way. Turn with me uh, to Revelation chapter 20, please. Verse 11, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. That's the Lamb of God. Jesus is going to judge the living and the dead. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And books were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works, by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades, Hades uh, were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life has, was cast in the lake of fire. I read that because it's, it's reality. It's going to happen. God's going to judge the living and the dead. And what's interesting, and, and Christians will not be judged for, their, for their, the sins that they have committed. For the blood of Christ removes us of all unrighteousness. That's the beautiful thing that Jesus offers to the world. That if we would believe on him, the wrath of God is satisfied. 
for it was placed upon him on the cross. That gives me such hope and such joy that no longer do we have to live with a guilty conscience. No longer do we have to fear death. But if you're here today, if you're listening or watching, please, today is the appointed time. Give your life to Jesus Christ. Because those who practice sin will not inherit the kingdom of God. This will take place one day. Everyone has an, an appointed day to die. And then comes the judgment. And one day everyone will, will stand before God. And everything they've ever thought or done that was against God, that was sinful, is written. It's recorded. That's why Jesus said everything that's in the dark will be brought to light. He said that, not me. He said it. The Lord and Savior said that that which was in darkness was going to be brought to light. And it's going to be brought to light before God. And those not found with Jesus as their Lord and King will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's the reality. So the only resurrection to heaven is by faith in Jesus Christ. This is why it was so important for him to say, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. That, that was his sermon. Very simple to the crowds. That's what he preached. Repent, repent, repent. Because he knows how serious the judgment is. Pretty heavy for a Sunday morning. Jesus speaking of hell, he said they'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Here it says the second death, and people think, okay, well, they just we dissolve into, or, who, or th those not, not born again, they just dissolve. And No, it means that they go in, they die again, but it's an eternal suffering. And then look at what Paul says. In light of, the, of that reality, look at what, what Paul goes on to say. He says, I have hope in God, which they themselves also accept, that there will be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and the unjust. This being so, I myself always strive to have a conscience without offense toward God and man. He basically is saying, because we are going to be resurrected, because there is going to be this great white throne judgment, because people will go to hell. The life that he, he's always striving to live right before God. He's always striving to live right before God and man. Man, and that's the exhortation for us. Look at the craziness of the world. We're bound to be in heaven in like two seconds or whenever. It's like again, a twinkling of an eye. There's a generation who will not see death, Paul said, but will be changed in a twinkling of an eye. Boom. Like Elijah, chariot of fire, gone. Enoch walked with God and he was no more. I think that we need to ponder our resurrection more than ever. In order to be healthy, in order to be on track spiritually, it should be on the forefront of our mind. We're either going to be raptured at any day, means we're going to be resurrected without dying, have a resurrected body, or we can die and be with the Lord. We should ponder our resurrection. We can be with Jesus anytime. In Colossians 3, verse 1 through 3, Paul says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, 
And your life is hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Right? Like just be mindful of heaven. Put your mind on the resurrection. We can, we can be going home. This is why, you know, we should, we should serve the Lord with fear and trembling. We should be involved. I mean, but Paul, what you're talking about in Colossians chapter 3 sounds to me like someone who really likes the Lord. Yeah. For us, it's, all right, 10-4, Paul. You want us to be mindful of things of, uh, above. 10-4, not a problem. There are people who think they're Christians and who think that exhortation is wrong. Like, it's like, it's burdensome. It's like, you know, I just want to live my life, man. I'll, I'll, I'll get into heaven. No, 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 no. There is a way people look who love God. They obey. That's why friends and family, they're out there. They, don't, they can care less about the things of God. And we cannot convince ourselves that, oh, yeah, they did their, you know, whatever, like, you know, they're not, they, they, don't want, they don't want God. Best thing for us to understand is that some family and friends do not want God. It's the best thing some parents can do is to come to that reality because then we can pray for the right things. Pray that they're broken. Pray that they come to the end of themselves. Pray that they stop loving themselves so that they can come to know Jesus Christ and be saved. Jesus said, I did not come to bring a sword, but a, I mean, peace, but a sword. Divide father from son, mother from daughter. In First Peter chapter one, verse three through five, Peter says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to His abundant mercy, has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you." who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Romans 5, verse 5, Paul says, Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. The Holy Spirit has been given to us as a guarantee that we are going to heaven. We are going to heaven. Ponder the resurrection. I mean, it can be an interesting day tomorrow if tomorrow was the day but no one knows the day of the hour or the hour but Paul or Peter did say in 2nd Peter I'm almost done 2nd Peter chapter 3 verse 10 he said but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? I mean, because of the future, God says, what, how should we behave? My brothers and sisters, I love you. We got to abide in Christ. Jesus made it simple. Abide in me. Abide in Christ. In John 15, verse 4 through 6, Jesus said, abide in me. And I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him shall bear much fruit. How do we live a good life as we wait in expectation? Just abide in Christ. Love him. 
Work on your relationship with Jesus. Make it more intimate. Be mindful of heaven. Be look up for your redemption draws near. He's coming. And it is our hope in the resurrection that will be the reason why Christians are persecuted. Because this world does not want to accept the fact that God is going to judge them for their sins. This world is full of excuses. What does the world say? I'm pretty good. I go to church sometimes. I read my Bible last year. I was baptized. God wants the heart. And if he doesn't have the heart, none of the other things matter. Only when we give him our heart will we have eternal life. Father, we thank you for your grace, your love, and your mercy. There is none like you, Lord, who would have pity on, your, on us poor sinners. That, Lord, you would see us in our sinful, wicked condition and have mercy and have compassion. Even when we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. But, Lord, you call us to repentance, to change. For it is only when we put our faith in Jesus and repent of our sins and follow him can we be forgiven and have true life. So, Father, I pray, help us to live lives that are worthy of the calling. Lives that understand you're coming to judge the living and the dead, both the just and the unjust. Help us to abide in Christ. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 10 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills.